I haven't been sleeping. I haven't been clear in my head. I felt like myself. Sick. Sick. Nauseous. Sleepy. Her everything looks distorted and everything inside just kind of aches and you can barely find the will to complain. Now I can think back to different periods of my life and there were times when I just dragged my own feet. I didn't have any motivation. I didn't know where I was going for with a career and it was just hard to wake up in the morning and get out of bed and enjoy my life. And then there are other times when I've just felt like I've been a dynamo. I have a lot of motivation. What accounts for motivation? And if we focus on students, student, there are students who drag their feet and others who are knowledge sponges, they're passionate about learning. What we're looking at today is motivation. And with me to take a closer look at this is Dr. John Lewis. He's received his PhD in classics from the University of Cambridge, England. And he's now an assistant professor of history at Ashland University. His specialty is classical Greece. Dr. Lewis, welcome. Welcome to the Rational Basis of Happiness. Thank you, Dr. Kenner. With that introduction, I am motivated. You are motivated. You're raring to go. I'm raring to go. All right. Uh, when you look at students who are motivated, I want to focus on the good students. Sure. What, can you give us a story of one or two students that you've had who stand out as having the right approach towards their own life? And what are the elements in it that make the, them successful? Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you a story of a student who wasn't too good and I think has turned around to be probably the most important student I've ever seen. He came into my office about a year ago. He's taking a history class from me, and he said, hello, Dr. Lewis, can I speak to you? I, I got this paper I've got to do, and uh, I, don't, I just want to kind of get by, maybe get a B on it and all that. Can you help me out with that? And I said, you just want to get a B on it? And he said, yeah, that's all a B will do me. And I said, well, you walk down the hall. There's all kinds of doors down the hall there where people will help you out with to get a B. I'm not interested. Get out of here until you decide that you want to get an A. And he, I mean, he did a double take, and I said, I mean it. And uh, get up and walk out of here unless you want to do better than that. And no one had ever spoken to him like that before. And so I That's said, no. pretty gutsy. I said, well, if you want to, well, I don't care. You know, I'm not here to, to, to give people Bs. I'm yeah. here to give people As if they wish to earn them. And uh, so he did a, did a serious double take, and he said, all right, okay. And he dug into the subject, and... We, we, he did a good paper, and since then he's taken, I think, three classes from me. In every case, he's got the papers done before they're due. Uh, he has a, he's taking a Greek course from me in the spring that hasn't even started yet, and he's been in over vacation to do the reading and to do the research. And he has discovered that there's a value in using his mind. I think he really has discovered that it's interesting. Life is better. Life is happier if you have an active intellectual approach. Rather than just uh, rather than just trying to get by, get, getting B's or C's. And, and one of the interesting cool. things was when he spoke to me, I I said to him, "Why are you here in college?" And he said, "Oh, I don't know. I'm just I just need to get a degree in order to get a job. You know, I, I it's just something that I got to do." And I said to him, "If you're here out of duty, if you're here out of some duty, this is going to be a miserable four years. And you know what? It's going to be a miserable career after that." You can't motivate yourself from duty. You're going to have to motivate yourself from something that you love. But I've done it for 12 years. I did it all through high school. You, and I look at him, and you, you sound pretty happy to me walking in here and being facetious. You know, he, he's not really happy at all. I said, you certainly sound happy walking in here saying, oh, well, what can I do to get by? Does that make you happy? 
No, but this no. is the way life is. No, that well, you have to decide to make life something different. And if you want to do that, you can come into my office every day and I'll talk to you. And if you want to just get a B, I'm not interested in talking to you any more than I have to. So that's really a choice point in his life. I'm, I put, and I put students, when they're worth it that way, into the position of where they have to make a choice. And when they make a choice, it may become a, a good mental policy, which is what happened in the case of this student. I think so. And I, and I don't know that he'll ever be an A student, but he will always work at the top of his uh, ability. Yeah. And he's having a good time doing it. So when you talked about the fact that it's fun to use your mind or it's, it's energizing or this, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, um, this is something that has to come from within the student. You know, you, you can give, it becomes from within any of us. You can give the person an alternative to do that, but it really has to come from within. And I, and I do it by putting something specific in front of them and saying, boy, isn't that interesting? And my whole attitude is that this is interesting. You know, and they'll, sometimes the students will say to me, boy, you know, I'm taking five classes and they're all disparate areas, you know, all different kinds of things. And I'm really interested in economics and why do I have to take these English courses? And I point out to them that I did exactly what they're, what they're doing. I went through an undergraduate degree and then two graduate degrees. I did what they're doing. And you can decide to make different things interesting to you because everything is interesting. Everything is interesting if you adopt an interested perspective on it. I don't know if, if feeding rats Rice Krispies is interesting, <laughs> but uh, to just to use a joke that you, that you made to me once personally in the past, but uh, everything can be interesting. Yeah. And on the other hand, the most interesting subject in the world can become dead boring. If, yeah. you just, if you just sit there with the idea that, well, I don't care, or I'm only here from duty. So you're talking about uh, motivation by duty means what? Well, motivation by duty means doing something because you have to do it, not because you care about the results for I've you. I've got not to get a degree. My, power, my father wants me right. to be a lawyer. You know, suppose, for example, a person is in the university and they want to get a psychology degree, and they love psychology. And in the process of getting that degree, they have to take... Oh, I don't know. Rush oxen statistics. A foreign language that they don't like. Oh, okay. No, something outside of psychology. Right. You know, uh, they have to. They can turn that into something that is no longer a duty because that is part of getting their degree. That's part of what they, of them achieving the value that they want to achieve. So they can look at it and say, "What could I gain from studying this foreign language?" Certainly. Certainly. What can you gain about psychology? Right. And I, I can give an example with that. I can remember learning Morse code at mm -hmm. 20 words a minute, and I'm thinking, I'm learning this, and I will never use it. I have no interest in it. And I said, how can I make it interesting for myself? And I thought, well, I can study how memory works. How long does it take me to learn different letters of the alphabet? And when do I know that I've got the A versus the F and the Z and the, the rest of them? And when do I have the whole alphabet down? And how, how is my mind working? So I was psychologically studying how I was learning Morse code. That's a great example. I can give you an example of an opposite. You know, I, when I was in business for many years, I hired many people. And I would always try to find out at an interview, of course, you know, wh whether a person has a work ethic and whether they're motivated to be intellectually active. That's what you really want in business, someone who can think and someone who wants to work. And I had a young woman came in with a psychology degree who wanted a sales position. And I said to her, you've got a psychology degree. What does that have to do with sales? 
And she looked at me and she said, oh, I don't know, nothing, I guess. I mean, I did psychology. You know, hey, wait a minute. You know, I said to myself, Psych- selling sales is psychology. Right, learning psychology. how to communicate with yes. people and being honest. And but, but she didn't have any of that kind of connection. To her, psychology was a degree she did. Who knows why she chose it? Right. You know, and now she's in looking for a sales job with the same attitude. Who knows why she chose sales? Right. You know, and uh, you know, so get get interested. Everything is interesting. So learning how to focus your mind versus being a mental couch potato. Learning that it is actually enjoyable to use your mind, to ask questions, to investigate, to come up with new angles on things, to be creative, to think about goals in your life, to think about them long range, not just short range. Those those are some of the things we've been talking about. I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Lewis. Thanks so much, and uh, stay cheerful. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness, and it's been fabulous being with you today, and I look forward to being with you again next week at this same time. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke. Some benefits of open communication on difficult topics such as thoughts of flirting or cheating are it diffuses the secretiveness and forbidden fruit aspect of the contemplated affair, which often decreases its appeal. You are no longer Romeo secretly meeting Juliet at the gym, trying to hide it from your wife. Your wife now knows. You are allowing yourself to face all the facts without evasion. You will be motivated to look at the situation with more scrutiny and deal with the wider consequences of the attraction, a possible divorce. You can make choices such as changing what gym you go to or what time you go so that you don't continue to tempt yourself. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.